The Climate Action Reserve is the most experienced and trusted offset registry to serve the carbon markets. As more organizations look to combat climate change and support environmental projects with true integrity, they turn to the reserve to foster real solutions and reductions in greenhouse gas emissions. Through Carbon Connection, the reserve's in-house experts will explore our high quality standards for carbon offset projects and discuss climate change practices that benefit economies, ecosystems, and society. Thank you for joining. Hi, my name is Lauren Wilson, and welcome to our next episode of Carbon Connection, hosted by Climate Action Reserve. Today, we are speaking with our in-house expert, Amy Kessler, on our Mexico Forest Protocol. Amy serves as the Reserve's Director of Latin America and has been deeply involved with supporting program implementation and project management activities of Mexico forestry projects. Amy, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Lauren. Now, Amy, before we dive into the Mexico Forest Protocol, I was wondering if you could give us a brief history of Climate Action Reserve's role in the Mexican carbon market. Absolutely. So the reserve's mission at large is to create market-based solutions to climate change that benefit economies, ecosystems, and society. Since two 2008, we've worked closely with partners in Mexico, such as the Secretary of Environment and Natural Resources, or SEMRNAT, environmental NGOs, and other key Mexican stakeholders in support of this mission, working to develop protocols that generate high-quality offsets and comply with the reserve's rigorous standards and core carbon accounting principles while further aligning those protocols with the laws, norms, and on-the-ground conditions in Mexico. Working with our partners in Mexico, we've strived to ensure that our protocols will work in Mexico and that Mexican stakeholders will be able to support project development and verification, and that the protocols would provide larger environmental and social benefits to Mexico. Thank you, Amy. And, and you mentioned something critical to our work, which is local engagement with communities on the ground to ensure that our protocols are supporting their needs and understanding the geographic, you know, alignment of what we need to do for our programming. So with this, I'm wondering why are forests critical to addressing climate change? Absolutely. So forests in the most fundamental way are a natural mechanism to remove carbon from the atmosphere through, through photosynthesis. Forests can serve as a critical sink for capturing and maintaining carbon out of the atmosphere, as well as a potential key source of emissions through the loss of forests or deforestation and degradation. Thus, forests are not only a critical solution to climate change, but potentially also a key contributing factor if not protected and managed sustainably. So the question is not only why are forests critical to addressing climate change, but also how can forests be a solution? which then gets into the nitty-gritty of nature-based solutions, and in particular for carbon, carbon projects, the topic of permanence, or how protocols ensure that the credits generated through nature-based projects provide a long-term atmospheric benefit. You're so right, and I'm really happy that you clarified this because, of course, forests are critical to addressing climate change, but we also are looking at how can they be a solution to emissions reductions, which we're really trying to figure out here at the reserve. So within a nutshell, what is the Mexico Forest Protocol? The Mexico Forest Protocol is an instrument to develop high-quality offsets through activities that increase carbon sequestered and stored in the forest in Mexico. 
The Mexico Forest Protocol was first de developed starting in 2010 with a work group formed of nearly 200 stakeholders in Mexico, including government agencies such as the Nas National Forest Commission or CONAFOR, environmental NGOs, and organizations that have worked closely with forest communities in Mexico, representatives from forest communities, and experts in the forest sector in Mexico. The protocol was designed to be aligned with the land tenure structure in Mexico, which is critical given that around 70% 70, 70 of all forests in Mexico are communally owned forests or communally owned lands. In addition, the protocol was designed to allow for multiple activities such as improved forest management, reforestation, and agroforestry to be incorporated in one project and has various mechanisms to reduce the costs and facilitate project development and verification so that the landowners, particularly communities, are able to directly benefit from and participate in the design, development, and administration of the projects. Thanks, Amy. That's really helpful. And this is such a great overview to understand what goes into the protocol development process, but also that you mentioned nearly 200 stakeholders in Mexico were involved in this process. So it's just really impressive. And I'm hoping you can share a little bit more about how this protocol is impactful to Ejidos. Absolutely. Ejidos are one of two communal governance structures in Mexico, along with communities. And as I mentioned, the vast majority of forests in Mexico are under these communal land ownership structures. Accordingly, a key consideration for the Mexico Forest Protocol is the inclusion of an impact on communities and ejidos. We've included a number of social and environmental safeguards to help ensure that projects provide social and environmental benefits beyond the capture of carbon, such as requiring free prior and informed consent, ongoing participation, communication, and documentation of the carbon project, and communal governance of the carbon project through the election of a community member to serve as a project coordinator and participate in all project development and verification activities, as well as communications around the sale of credits. Rather unique output uh, or outcome of the Mexico Forest Protocol is that community members are directly involved in the project development, including taking the field measurements, entering data into the standardized quantification tools, and participating in trainings held by the reserve and other actors in Mexico as well as weekly calls we hold with project developers and coordinators in Mexico. Thus, some of the traditional project costs, such as developing the inventory, are also converted into employment benefits for the community. Moreover, some of the initial communities that develop projects have gone on to share their experiences with new communities, generating a cycle of communal sharing of knowledge and experience. That's fantastic. You know, you, you touched on social environmental safeguards, which I think has recently been on the rise as a topic within the carbon market. So it's great to know that we're already considering social environmental safeguards and benefits within our protocols. But not only that, communities are sharing their knowledge further on, kind of passing it forward throughout Mexico. So that's that's really exciting. And generally, Amy, why was this protocol developed? The Mexico Forest Protocol was developed in partnership with stakeholders in Mexico to serve as an instrument to channel resources into the forest sector in Mexico in order to incentivize activities that increase sequestration and long-term carbon storage, while further providing greater environmental and social benefits. While the social impacts of these projects are critical, at the end of the day, all offsets must generate cl real climate benefits through ensuring additionality and permanence. A particular objective and result of the Mexico Forest Protocol has been its ability to do both, create real emissions reductions and quantifiable social benefits for communities in Mexico. 
That's great. Yeah, real a real two for one with this protocol. That's that's awesome to hear. And with this protocol, since it has been around for quite some time now, it is going through some changes. I was wondering if you can share a little bit more about some of the changes we can be expecting to see in version 3.0 of the Mexico Forest Protocol. So glad you asked that. There's a lot of exciting changes coming. So in version 3.0, we look to strengthen the social safeguards and have provided greater clarity in the requirements for transparency and the use of funds and related purchase agreements, using published sources for price estimates and assessing project potential, strengthening the role of the project coordinator, and ensuring that all project developers and related contracts are, are approved by the communities. We additionally evaluated new mechanisms to ensure permanence for helos and communities, allowing them to make on the 100-year permanence commitment and using buff buffered pool contributions as long-term economic incentives for the projects. This update will further increase the benefits for helos and communities as they will be able to receive a greater percentage of the credits generated on an annual basis. Lastly, we included various updates, particularly to mangrove ecosystems, which are discussed in our previous podcast on mangroves. That's right. You can tune into our very first episode of Carpet Connection, actually, in which we interviewed Amy about our first ever mangrove project. So folks should definitely tune into that. But it's also really exciting to hear about these updates being made to the Forest Protocol, Amy. So thank you for sharing that. And Amy, for anybody new entering this space, what recommendations could you give to ajitos who are interested in working with Climate Action Reserve? First and foremost, don't hesitate to reach out. We hold weekly calls for project developers and coordinators in Mexico to, to discuss project-related questions, clarify protocol guidance, and provide updates to the protocol. We also have a number of useful resources specific to Mexican account holders and interested stakeholders on our website, including our Mexico-specific landing page. We further hold trainings in our Mexico protocols and webinars related to the carbon market in Mexico, typically in Spanish. And in fact, we will be holding a Mexico Carbon Markets 101 course on October 20th. That's so great and exciting to hear that we're going to be hosting this course on October 20th. So people should be on the lookout for more information for that. But generally, I appreciate you sharing, Amy, that organizations and ajitos and members of the communities can reach out to us to just understand how to work with Climate Action Reserve and to learn more about the tools that we have available. So that's that's great. And for the Mexico program, generally, I was hoping that you could share a little bit more about what's on the horizon and what we can expect to see with the Mexico program. There's a lot of exciting work coming in Mexico. Currently, we have a, around 175 projects listed and registered under protocols in Mexico, predominantly our Mexico Forest Protocol, and anticipate that number to roughly double in the coming year based on existing project developers' pipelines. I also anticipate this year more growth in our Mexico landfill and livestock protocols. We're currently updating our Mexico landfill protocol, which will also go to the board at the October 5th meeting for approval. And we recently held a Mexico livestock verification body training due to increased interest. It will also be interesting to see how the voluntary market interacts with the coming compliance market at the federal level in Mexico, as we're currently in the transition year of the pilot phase for Mexico's ETS, with anticipated plans to move into the compliance phase next year. At the same time, there is also growing activity at the state level throughout Mexico, with a number of states moving forward with carbon taxes and compliance or pre-compliance markets. However, I think the real hot topic right now continues to be how communities and the helos are included in and benefit from the carbon market, 
And I think we'll see more awareness around this issue, which is pretty exciting. At the Reserve, we're also looking to learn from our experience in Mexico to support similar opportunities throughout Latin America. And we're currently working on updating our protocol development processes to facilitate adaptation of our protocols to new jurisdictions by working closely with local stakeholders and experts. More to come on that soon. Thank you so much, Amy. That is all so incredibly exciting. I completely agree. I mean, the fact that we have 175 projects currently listed right now for our Mexico program is really, really inspiring. And I look forward to seeing the work that the team continues to do. And just generally, Amy, I appreciate your time during this episode today. And I was hoping with our last question to gauge your perspectives on if there was anything I might have not covered or asked you during this episode that you wish I had have asked you, what would that question have been and how would you have answered? Lauren, perhaps just to touch on why we developed protocols specific to Mexico rather than just taking our U.S. protocols, for example, and making them globally applicable. And that really gets to one of our core principles, which is additionality. The reserve applies standardized additionality tests that take into account a jurisdiction's specific laws, norms, and common practices. In this way, we're able to reduce the subjective's project-specific additionality assessment and provide greater confidence to the market, as well as result in cost savings for project development and verification. Amazing, Amy. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your take on that and for just generally your time today in briefing us on the Mexico Forest Protocol, but all of the, the fantastic work the team has been doing previously and the, all of the work that we're expected to see in the, the coming months and years for the Mexico carbon market and beyond. So thank you so much, Amy. And for everybody online as well, make sure to look out for updates about our October 20th uh, workshop that we'll be holding. So thanks again, Amy. Thanks, Lauren.